The Beaux-Arts Photography Podcast with Alan and Natalie Brio. Let's get started. Today, we are going to continue our discussion and thinking reflection on what is art, going through the list of 17 items that your students wrote. And on part two, we stopped at number 12. 12 yes. And today, we're going to start at number 13, and we're going to go all the way to number 17. So let's get started. Number 13, art what is, is it? Art is a way to communicate. Very good. Which means that art is an exchange among people. Yes, and I think that's really important because that's where sharing comes in. And the reason why we create art is to share with everybody. To communicate with each other, to share our feelings, our emotions, how we see the world, what we see in our minds. Exactly. I mean, how can you communicate what's in your mind without art, right? Right. I mean, if you think creatively, if you see the world differently, you know, you have to share it in one way or another. It's not that art is the only way, but it's definitely one of the ways. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a form of communication. Yes. I mean, that's why we photograph. I mean, we want to express what we feel and we want to communicate with other people. It's a pretty simple concept, but it's important to... Uh, remind ourselves that it's there. Right. So, number 14, art is everywhere you look, which means that art is all around us. It doesn't mean that everything is art, but what it means is that everything has the potential of becoming art. Yes, right? I agree. And, and Even when you look around you in textiles, for example, you know, you can see art in textiles. Right. What, what about textiles? Well, in regards to like patterns, it can be handbags, it can be clothing, it can be all sorts of things, mm -hmm. you know, material. Right. But also in nature, everywhere you look in nature, because we do landscape photography, which is nature, you have the potential of creating art. Yes, you do. It doesn't mean that nature is art, you know, that's not what it is. Nature is the result of uh, geological forces, the environment, uh, the plant growing, the animals, and so on. But all of that offers opportunities for us to create art. Right. And I think that the nice thing about that definition is that it doesn't exclude anything. It doesn't say this can't be art. Right. Anything can be art, right? Well, I know in our landscaping, I see a lot of our plants as art. Mm -hmm. You know, when I look at the textures and mm -hmm. the colors and that we plant certain things next to each other to have a contrast, whether it's the texture or the color or some sort of a contrast, sure. you know, between the uh, yeah. plants. Well, if you look with an artist's eye, you're going to find art. You're going to find ways of creating art. Now, the same plant could be looked at from a botanical perspective. Oh, yes. A farmer might Scientific. look at a plant and think of a crop, right? Yeah, <laughs> but know, I, a bit... The I, difference between an artist and a farmer, an artist goes into a cornfield and starts drawing the ears of corn and right. the leaves. The farmer goes into a cornfield and starts working it off in order to harvest the corn, right? Right. And has no interest in how pretty the corn is. It's just uh, the old saying, when two engineers meet, what do they talk about? They talk about engineering. When two artists meet, what do they talk about? They talk about art. When two farmers meet, what do they talk about? They talk about farming. It's what is in your mind. You project what's in your mind onto the world around you. Right. And if your projection is art, you're going to see art everywhere. 
But if your projection is farming, you're going to see farming everywhere, right? right. Or lack of, right? You know? Well, it's really interesting with you bringing up the corn because it just immediately brought to my mind your pen and ink drawings of the corn with the corn husks right. that you did uh, years ago in college. Uh, mm-hmm. When you said that, I immediately thought of those yeah. drawings. Yeah. Because I've always liked them. Yeah. You know. We did them outside a lot of time. Yeah. I was taking an art class and I was using a pen and ink and uh, I had this Chinese uh, ink brush. Pen. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And uh, and I still have some and uh, we would go outside. Right. And you can draw very fast with an ink brush because you don't have to dip into the ink. It has a cartridge. It's like a fountain pen, except it's an ink brush fountain pen. Oh, yeah. I thought uh, that was a pretty yeah. cool pen. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah, that and pen. You, we would go outside and draw, sit on the grass and draw and paint and whatnot. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, obviously I look at the world in terms of art. I mean, I have no interest in farming. I have no interest in uh, botany or zoology. You know, I tell people very often, I don't have to explain things. I don't have to explain how they grow. I don't have to know what kind of animal this is. Right. All I have to do is make art, you know. Right. That's, my responsibility is very limited in a sense. You know, there's a lot of things that I don't have to worry about. Right. And, you know, I joke with people that I know three kinds of birds, the big bird, the small bird, and the blue bird, right? <laughs> you know, right. you probably can add the yellow bird and, you know, things like that. But I don't have but to know their names. You know, if I do, that's great, but it's not important. Right. It's not going to change anything to what I do. No. But this also reminds me of just uh, walking the streets and looking at architecture as well, because I consider architecture art. Well, of course, architecture you know, is probably one of the first uh, arts. The both arts include architecture, they include music, dance, painting, drawing, and uh, the school of architecture is definitely part of the arts, yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And when you go to Notre Dame and you see those gargoyles on the, on yeah. the top, yeah. I mean... You know, it's just like, whoa, look yeah. at those, you know. Right. These yeah. statues, all of these statues and stained glass windows and just beautiful. Yeah. yeah, sure. I love architecture. Well, art is part of our lives. A lot of people are like, you know, and art is not important. If you really pay attention to your surroundings, you don't realize that without art, life would not be quite as interesting as it is. Any sort of design, whether it's clothing, furniture, cars, homes, I mean, you name it, you know, even appliances is created by an artist. Right. An artist had to be at work creating the body of your car, you know. An engineer was at work creating the engine and the suspension and the transmission and whatnot. But an artist was at work creating the look of it. Right. Furniture, the same. Appliances, clothing. Art is there, you know, whether we know it or not. Right. And I think that the fact that art is not taught in school, and a lot of people think that art is not very important in today's life, doesn't mean that art is gone. Right, (laughs) right, yeah. (laughs) There are still a lot of people employed in the creation of art, understood it's art in the sense of industrial design, and it's art in the sense of product design. It's not creative art in the sense that these artists don't have a blank slate. They have an assignment. They have to work for a company. They have particular things to follow. But it's art anyway. Right. Art well, is not that. I remember when I first started, when I could afford some uh, nice Navajo jewelry. I remember Kara's necklaces in 
the very first necklace that I bought with the three-stranded beads. Right. And I just fell in love with the color combinations. And I just, I was trying to figure out, you know, how, how does she know what colors to put together and how these colors just work so well together. And, and uh, later on, we were teaching a workshop and we were in Chinle. And for some reason, you know, I always look at the landscape anyway. But then you and I started talking, and we realized that those were the colors in the landscape. So art is everywhere. It's all around you. It is everywhere. You know, everywhere whether if, color palettes. Yeah, if you look for it. Right. Like I said, you know, a farmer might just see a crop, and an artist might just see inspiration to make a drawing or color palette for jewelry. Who knows? Right. You know? It's there if you look for it. And I think that's what we try to teach during our workshop is looking Right. People are like, I don't know how I'm going to process that. Well, I mean, before you think of processing it, you should think about what it is that you want to create. Right. What colors do you want to get? Have you paid attention? If you don't pay attention to the colors, you're going to do what the camera captures, which is not necessarily, and very often is not at all what is in nature. It's not what we see. Right. It's interpreted by the camera. Yeah, the Navajos find inspiration in nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we spend so much time out there. Observing mm -hmm. nature, yeah. yeah. Sure. So what is the next one? It's uh, number 15. 15. Art is being creative. Yeah, and you know, you read that and you think, well, of course, right? <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it's not yes. unnecessary to say, because a lot of people, we have to keep that in mind, just don't know what is art. Right. And, and this list of definitions covers every possible angle in a way. And being creative is one of them. Oh, yeah. Even mathematicians that think in the abstract, right. that is all creative. It's creative, but it's not art. Right. Right. That's a big, big difference. Because art is the root of the word artifice, artificial, which means that it's not real. Which means that it's not rooted into something concrete, tangible, provable. Art doesn't have to be proven. A mathematician will write an equation that has to be provable. Right, that's true. It may not exist in a three-dimensional reality space. Right. But it has to be provable. That's because true. the way a mathematician tries to prove that his equation or his theory is correct is by trying to disprove it. Right. That's the technique. You know, you, you try every way you can to find an example where it doesn't apply. And if you do, then you have to alter the formula or the equation or the theory or whatever it is you're working on so that there's no possible exception. Right? Mm -hmm. Then it's an absolute truth. But art doesn't have to respond to that. If somebody doesn't think that what you do is valid, you know, big freaking deal. They don't have to look at it. They don't have to buy it. They can just move on, you know. Like I tell people that are critical, why don't you go find the work of an artist you like instead of pestering artists whose work you don't like? <laughs> you know, <laughs> leave us alone. <laughs> we are very happy doing what we do. And if it's not for you, that's perfectly fine. But, you know, don't pester us, you know. So art is being creative. Something very important about creativity that a lot of people don't understand or don't know is that you have to want to be creative. It has to be a personal decision. You have to tell yourself and you have to make the decision that you're going to be creative. It's not something that just happens. Right. A lot of people think you're creative or you're not. You know, I, I talked about in the first episode this lady that told me I'm not creative. 
And I told her, I said, if you were not creative, you wouldn't be here talking to me. And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, life, survival, you know, going through life and making it means that we have to be creative. We have to find solution to problems. Right. And finding solution to problems means that we have to be creative. And uh, it doesn't matter whether you create art or not. Creativity is not only used in art. Right. That's true. I mean, like you said, it's used in mathematics, but in a much more common way, it's used in life. Your car breaks down and you're on a lonely road. What are you going to do? You have to be creative, right? Right. (laughs) You have to find a solution. Of course, the simpler solution is pick up your cell phone and call the tow truck. But what if that doesn't work? What if the cell phone is dead or there is no signal or there is no tow truck in your area or they're closed? I mean, anything can happen, right? Yeah. No signal. Yeah. Or you, you walk and you drop your cell phone in a pond and it sinks and you uh, now you're, <laughs> you know, you have to be creative. Are you going to dive in the pond? Right. Or, <laughs> what are you going to do, right? Situation is what makes us creative. And very often survival is a matter of creativity. Right. You know, we look at all these shows on TV about survival. And one thing that they have in common is the people that engage in these shows have to use creativity in order to find solutions to the situation they are in. They are placed into impossible situations, and the way they are going to get out of it successfully without tapping out is being creative. So creativity is essential to life. So we are all creative. We all have the potential of being creative. But it's something that we have to want to do. If we have a cell phone and the solution is to just call somebody to come and fix the broken car, whatever it is, then we don't have to be creative. But if we have no cell phone and we're in a lonely road and we have to find a solution to our problem, then that's where creativity comes from, right? And in art, the same. You have to teach students that they have to want to be creative. Right. A lot of people, when we take our workshop, think that if they take enough photographs over time, they will develop a personal style. But it doesn't work that way. You can take 10 million photographs if your goal is never to be creative and never to create something unique. A personal style is by definition unique. You'll never make it. Right. It's just not going to happen by accident. It's not the number of photos or how much money you spend on your cameras or how much you desire to have a style. It's the fact that you have to decide that you're going to create something which is personal. You have to be creative and you know, you have to stop doing what everybody else is doing. Right. I think in order for art to be creative also, I think it happens when you work in series or also on projects, because as you start working on these art pieces of artwork, other ideas come to you and you get more and more creative well, when project, you work in series. Yeah. or. Uh, I mean, when you start on a project, you by definition make the decision to be creative mm-hmm. because you can think of a project as a container, as a box a device that's going to contain photographs that are created on the same subject, the same genre, the same idea, the same concept, you know, whatever the theme might be. Right. And that box is by nature going to include everything that fits, you know, your subject, your project, but it's also going to exclude everything that doesn't fit it. Right. So if you say, for example, I'm only going to create photographs that are very light in color. Well, anything that's dark goes into another box. Right. But what goes in that box is every photograph that's light. If you say, I'm only going to photograph clouds, well, everything that's not a cloud goes outside of the box. Everything that's a cloud goes inside the box. And so by nature, a project forces you to be creative because you have to create now photographs that are going to be light. In the beginning, you might find 10 of them in your files that fit the description. 
Right. You might have photographed clouds before, and they might be light in color. You know, if that's the definition of the project, light-hearted cloud photographs, you know, right. with bright colors and happy feelings, maybe. Well, you might find 10 of them in your files, and then that's it. There's no more. There's just 10. All the rest doesn't fit the box. Well, what do you do? You have to be creative. You have to go out, and you have to create some more in order to fill your box, in order to fill your container, which is your project. Right. And that forces creativity. The concept of a project is that you're going to create more than one photo on one theme. Mm -hmm. Let's say, you know, minimum of two, right? A collection starts at two, but usually six to 12 to 24, right? right? So factors of six, right? Either six or twice six or three times six or four times six, which is 24. In order to get to that number, let's say 12, you're going to have to be creative because it's very unlikely you have 12 good photographs that fit that project already. Right. You're going to have to go and create them. Yes. How are you going to create them? Well, you're going to have to be creative because a project is not interesting if you have 12 photographs of the same subject done in the same way with the same framing, the same colors, the same composition. Might as well have just one. Absolutely. Right? It becomes uh, redundant and... Yeah, yeah, uninteresting. I mean, who yeah. wants to see 12 photos that look all about the same? Well, after a while, you yeah. don't even see. You just blank out yeah. and you move on to the next exactly. guy. So in order to sustain the audience interest over, let's say, 12 different photographs in a project, you're going to have to be creative. Oh, yes, I agree. And so if you have to create 12 photographs of clouds that are light in color and that have a happy feeling, well... You've got to have creativity. You know? mm. And that's how, in a sense, you make that decision to be creative. And a lot of people don't understand that. The first thing we hear when we talk about projects from beginning photographers, not from experienced photographers, but from beginning photographers, is if I do what you say and I work on a project, I'm going to limit myself because I won't be able to do everything that I want to do. They don't realize that it's by limiting themselves that they're going to be creative. Mm -hmm. Because in order to fit that box, they have to define the boundaries of the box. They do. If they don't define the boundaries, then they don't have a box. They just can do whatever. Right. You know? And creativity is not, by definition, doing whatever. It's doing something which is very well defined. Right. I agree. Know? So an important concept. Simple, so, but significant. So number 16. Art is using your imagination. Which fits right in. You know, right. and we had when we looked at these on part two, notice that they do fit together. You know that the last five fit together. They do. And using your imagination is being creative. Yes. So in a sense, those two definitions are very similar. They are. You know, They're we've, just different words. Whatever we've said or everything we've said about being creative applies to using your imagination. Right. You know? And even the last one. Yeah, but let's talk about imagination a little bit more. You know. I mean, how do you use your imagination? Because eventually that's the definition of art, imagining, right? You have to imagine something. And photography, for many people, offers a way out of imagining because you can just take a photo, the camera does it for you, you don't have to imagine anything. And then you process it, and if you don't use imagination, what do you have? You have documentation, right? Right. I mean, the difference between art and documentation is imagination. Art includes or involves imagination. Documentation doesn't. And if you're not imaginative, can you be an artist? Are you creating art? Right. You're not, right? I would say no. Yeah, you're not, yeah. I mean, anything that's literal is not art. Right. How do you know it's art? Because it's not literal. 
Right. And people say, well, what about hyperrealism? Well, hyperrealism oh. is not literal. <laughs> no, yeah. It's more than real. It it's is. It's hyperreal. It is. So it's showing you more than you would see if you were looking at the scene with your own two eyes. Oh, yes. And my favorite example of that is if you look at a hyperrealist painting of a city and it has buildings and it has glass surfaces, maybe windows, you see the reflections of oh, yes. the buildings in the glass windows. Well, a very important phenomena of optics is that focusing on a reflection is not the same as focusing on the wall next to the window. Right. Your eyes have to focus farther on exactly. the reflection because the building that's reflected is actually twice the distance. Right. And so you cannot possibly see with your own two eyes, a reflection in a building and the building itself at the same exact time. That's true. Because you have to focus in two different places. Now, right. in a hyper-realist painting, yeah. you can. Yes, because exactly. Because your eyes focus on the surface of the painting, the canvas. And you can focus on the surface of the canvas, whether it's a reflection or the building or whatever. Right. And so it's hyper-real because you can see on the painting two things that you could never see together in reality. Right. Or the person down the street or all of these things going on at once. Reflections, right. people well, walking no down the street. Film. There's no depth of field. <laughs> right. That's the whole thing. The fact that it's a flat surface, it's a two-dimensional world, means that there's no depth of field. It's the same in photography when we do a near-far composition. You can never see with your own two eyes right. a near-far composition because you either focus on the foreground, right. whatever is at your feet, or you focus on the background, whatever is far, but you can't focus on both. No. Your eyes don't have that ability. Right. Plus, we can't see as wide as a wide angle. <laughs> yes. <you know? laughs> so that's really where the concept of imagination is, creating something that we could not actually experience in reality. We can only experience it in our heads. And then art makes it possible for us to experience through the creation of the artist. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, if you think, for example, of a show like Cirque du Soleil in Las Vegas or any sort of circus show, it's all imagination. Nothing is real. And yet it's happening in front of you. Oh, yeah. 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 And somebody conceived of that in their mind and then they made it happen. You know, right. theater, movies, I mean, any sort of work of art, you know. So let's look at the last one. What is it? Art is wonderful, creative ideas that someone makes. Mm. I think these all tie together. <laughs> yeah, they, like we said, you know, the last yeah. five really tie together. And uh, in a sense, they are much more lighthearted than some of the ones in the middle. Yes. I think. Yeah, I agree. And I think what I like about the last one is that it's very encouraging and exciting. Obviously, the person that wrote number 17 was very enthused about art. Oh, yeah. Loved you know, art. <laughs> loved, loved art. Do you remember yeah. who it was? No. Yeah. No, but obviously somebody that really got a kick out of art, you know, enjoy making art, was really excited about art, you know. I mean, you, the use of adjectives, you know, wonderful, creative ideas, you know, that someone makes. It's definitely about making it, about being creative, and about really expressing enthusiasm. You know? Right. Right. Which points to something important, which is a lot of people think that if they work hard at something, if they say work eight hours a week on photography or three hours a day or whatever the case might be, they're going to reach success. And they design a sort of schedule for themselves and they sort of uh, make sure they stick to it and all of that. And that's good. That's one way to do it. But the real thing that makes a difference is passion. 
Yes, I agree. It's not attaching yourself to your camera and forcing yourself to photograph. It's really having a passion. Right. Because if somebody, and we see that with some students, comes to a lot of workshops and has no passion, they end up making less progress than somebody that might come less often. Right. But is really passionate about what they do. Right. You know. I agree. There's no replacement for passion. I mean, it makes up for a lot of things, you know. Mm I think that people that are passionate stop caring what other people think. They just want to express themselves, you know. Right. And that's fundamental enough. <laughs> if you think too much about what people are going to think of your work, you become your own critic and you stop doing all sorts of things that you would be doing if you s- did not care. Right, <laughs> right. You know. So do you remember who wrote this last one? I don't, hmm. but it was obviously somebody that just really loved art. Yeah, yeah. Somebody very enthused, like I said, about art. Yeah. And it shows the importance that passion plays, you know, like I said. And children have that passion. Oh, they do. And very often adults lose it. Right. And part of our responsibility when we teach photography is to bring that passion back. Yes. Find a way to bring it back so that people feel passionate about what we do. I mean, if you feel discouraged before you start, if you feel that all you're going to do is going to be exposed to criticism, if you think that it's not going to work, why would you start, right? You're defeated. Right. So you have to bring that passion back. And that's really something that we do. And it's very important, obviously. Yeah, I remember in my art classes... I wanted to get them all excited and enthusiastic about doing an assignment, and then I would come home exhausted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just emotionally wiped right. out. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> just drained. <laughs> you gave them all your energy. I did. Yeah. yeah. And we feel that way on workshops uh, sometimes. And I just, yeah. you know, I had to, like, stop a little bit so I had to save some energy for me at the end right. of the day, you know. Yeah, it can't just be oh, for them, right? Yeah. Everything, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think that concludes this list of 17 items. Let's read back the last five like we did for the two previous parts. Right. So number 13 is art is a way to communicate. Number 14, art is everywhere you look. Number 15, art is being creative. Number 16, art is using your imagination. And 17, art is wonderful, creative ideas that someone makes. Great. So this concludes these three-part episodes on what is art, looking at this list of 17 different definitions. And I think before we end this podcast, I wanted to talk about some of the ideas we have for future podcasts. And I think that one of them is to talk about art, go around the house and look at some of the artwork that we have displayed and talk about it. Oh, yeah. Talk about what it means to us, you know, why we have it, why we like it. Oh, um, yes. And how the different work about relate to each other. And describe it and, mm-hmm. you know, what we like about it. Mm-hmm. And yes, So that's I one agree. of the things we'll do and probably that will end up being several episodes because we have quite a bit of art and so I don't think <laughs> we'll be able to cover it all in one episode. And uh, definitely several, I don't know exactly how many, but more than one. Another idea is to talk about how you mat and frame. Yes. You know, and do a sort of live podcast, live in the sense that you would be matting and framing, and we would be talking about it and describing the process as you do it. Right. You know, and I think that the idea came to 
me because I started realizing that video is not necessary per se, that we can do a very informative piece just by using audio. I think so. You know, that obviously yeah. you can't see what you'll be doing, but there's a lot of radio programs that focus on activities. You know, I remember hearing a radio program on fishing, for example, that was very interesting. And obviously I couldn't see people fishing. Right. You know, these were fishing boats uh, in uh, the ocean. Oh, okay. And... Uh, yeah, not people fishing on a lake. Or right, half the <laughs> You could <pier>. hear. <laughs> yeah, right. These were fishermen, you know, fishing. Uh, the like open the swordfish and yeah. big big fish. Or cod, you know, I don't know what Tuna. they're fishing. Tuna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crabs, you know. But video is not indispensable. That was the idea. Right. You know, the same with the artwork. You know, obviously with the artwork, we would have photographs of the artwork on my site on one particular page so that you can see what we talk about. But... Just the audio can be very interesting as a sort of starting point, you know, to discuss art. And what is important is what we have to say about it, not just looking at the artwork. Right, I agree. Another thing that we want to do is talk about the podcast itself, how we got started and where we are now. And I want to do that because I want to do a sort of retrospective of all the podcasts. We are now at 83 episodes, more or less. And I want to do a... DVD or USB collection of all the podcasts. And for that, I'd like to have an introduction where we talk about uh, how we got started and how the podcast evolved. Not just in terms of what we talk about, but also in terms of the equipment that we use, the technology, the microphones, the recording. There's been such an amazing improvement in the quality of the sound. Oh, it is amazing, yes. I mean, when we started, we were using a handheld Olympus recorder that was more used for taking audio notes during conferences. And I don't even know if I edited the podcast. I think I just posted the file to the website. Now we use professional gear and there is editing and there is uh, control of the sound quality and all of that. So obviously a huge difference. And the difference that you can hear, if you go back to number one and you compare to this one, you'll see immediately what we're talking about. So I wanted to talk about that, talk also about the subjects that we covered and uh, you know what we did over the years because we've been doing this podcast for a long time, actually. We don't do many episodes a year. Again, it depends on how inspired we are. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, sometimes we have laws where, you know, we don't really know what to do. So we don't do any episodes. And then sometimes like this year, we have uh, a new set of ideas. You know, we hit a van, you know, like gold miners, you know, <laughs> yes. a and then right. we just mine it and we just go with it and we create a bunch of episodes. So it, it depends. You know, it's not a regular podcast in the leads. It's very regular. But we've covered a number of different subjects over the years. And I'd like to talk about that and sort of as an introduction to this collection, this podcast collection that I want to put together. No, that sounds good. The the idea for collection is interesting because I like to bring back or group together all of uh, the recordings or the material on one given subject. Right. I just created the collection of the summit, you know, the summit collection, which is basically all of the recordings that I did at the summit from 2006 to 2016, so 10 years. And that will be available for purchase very soon uh, in the coming weeks. And I sort of want to do the same with the podcast and create a podcast collection that will be all the podcasts we recorded since the beginning. Right. So that's what's coming up. And so there'll be a whole lot more exciting episodes in this podcast. 
And so don't go anywhere. No. Come back soon and uh, we'll have more for you. And very, I will be uh, looking in my teaching toolbox. Yeah. See because, what else I have. <laughs> yeah. Mine some more s- documents, some more material, because who knows what you have. Right. I mean, this uh, whole series on what is art was generated because you found this list of definitions that you had as your students. That was the whole idea. That's how it, it was. It was. Well, and because on the past uh, few workshops, we've been asking people what is art, and we haven't really had any answers or uh, a lot of people don't know you know what is art or how to describe it and so I found this I was like whoa here we go well there's going to be a lot of different definition because it's something which is very difficult to define it is and for some people it's indefinable but of course if you want to go a little further than to say I know art when I see it then you have to have some angle some technique some approach and that list that you found provided us with a framework that we could work from and uh, that was the beginning and of course there's many possible answers to art beyond what this list is and hopefully what this will do is generate a conversation with our listeners and generate some ideas in our listeners about what is art for them right and so in the meantime I hope you think about what art means to you. Think about your own definition of art. And if you want, you can share it with us. Simply email it to us and let us know what is art for you. And until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next podcast.